everybody. Welcome back to the beauty room. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. I cannot believe it. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend and an amazing start to your week. We are literally grooving through this month. I can't even believe it. And I feel like I say that every single time I get on this microphone, but time flies very, very fast and it's kind of (laughs) scary, but yeah. I went to a wedding this weekend and I had so much fun. I'm still recovering slash trying to get my life together, (laughs) but we had a blast. I saw a lot of friends that I hadn't seen in a while and we just got to celebrate, you know, one of my beautiful friends as a bride. So it was so fun and I'm so happy that this weekend's weather was amazing. It was just awesome. I literally love weddings. They're my favorite thing to go to because first of all, I love love. So that in itself, I'm like anything surrounding me with love, I'm like, let's do it. But I love weddings. They're so fun. Drinks, food, dancing. It's just the best. And just like getting dressed up like that and just looking like fire with your mans or by yourself, whoever you're going with, it just is so much fun. And I also feel like every time we go to a wedding, me and my husband like get closer because like it just brings back all those emotions that you had on your own wedding day. And it's just like, you appreciate what goes into it. And I don't know, it's just very emotional. (laughs) On that note, the dress that I wore this weekend, I'm obsessed with it. It was so nice, but so many people asked me where it was from and it's from Meshke. So if you're listening to this and you ask me that question, which I literally got maybe over a hundred of them, it's from Meshke. Highly, highly recommend. But yeah, let's get into some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. Um, I actually had someone personally reach out to me asking me to talk about a topic and I've actually had this question many, many times before, so I figured why not just do a whole segment on the topic, and the topic is anxiety. I know so many people out there struggle with anxiety or just feelings of being anxious or overwhelmed or fear of the unknown, whatever it may be, you just about everybody has experienced a feeling of anxiety before, and a lot of women have a hard time, and men have a hard time figuring out what works for them to help like mitigate that anxiety and live with it. But specifically what she asked me was, how do I handle it and what triggers my anxiety? What triggers feelings of being overwhelmed or being, I don't know, insecure, whatever it may be. And this just stems so deep that I know that we need to do a whole segment on this because it's just so much more than what it like sounds. So for me, I don't think that I struggle with anxiety. I think I struggle with the feeling of being overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed quite a bit and it gives me anxiety because of that. If you know what I mean, I get overwhelmed when my, you know, I have emotions that I don't know how to handle. I get overwhelmed when I'm overthinking about something and I don't know if I should speak about it or not. Like these are the things that make me overwhelmed, but something specific that makes me overwhelmed is my time. And you guys know I work two jobs and it's just so overwhelming to me. This is my number one cause of anxiety, if I were to say, because I just don't feel like there's enough hours in the day for me to get everything done that I want to get done. Like my list goes on and on and on and I just can't check every box off my list. And that gives me anxiety because then I feel like I'm not doing as much as I could do. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a cycle. And ever since I started doing content creation full-time, I really have had to manage my time literally by the hour because I don't have enough time in the day to get what I want done. It just is not possible. But I have gotten so much better. I used to be very anxious 
maybe not even anxious, just always overwhelmed. I always used to just overthink everything and I still overthink. I will say that. I still need to work on that because I still do overthink a lot. But before I, like I've spoken about before, I just used to have anxiety about what people thought about me and what people thought about what I was doing. And I actually spoke with someone at the wedding that I went to this weekend about that because she somehow knew me through social media and she was like, oh, like, how did you just start posting? Like, how do you do not care what people thought about you? And I was just like, honestly, if it makes you feel good, why the heck do you care what other people say? Why the heck do you care what other people think? And she was like, honestly, you're right. But like that it's, I still have like that mental block and that's how I used to be. I used to just overthink everything. And now I don't think about that kind of stuff. Maybe I overthink about other things, but when it comes to doing what I love and creating content and sharing stuff with you guys, I don't have one ounce of anxiety. I could care less because I know what I'm doing is valuable and I know what I'm doing is worth my time. I saw a quote the other day and it was like, there's always going to be small-minded people around you that are going to judge you for everything that you do and things that make you happy. And it's so true. Like there's always going to be people that are going to judge you no matter what it is. You could be doing something that is completely right. You have no flaws. Like people, someone's still going to judge you because there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, they're insecure or they wish that they were doing what you were doing, or maybe they're just miserable, but there's always going to be small-minded people around you in whatever avenue or aspect you are in. So again, don't care what people think of you. Just do what makes you happy. If it makes you happy, that's all that matters. But like going back onto like my triggers and like what really gives me anxiety is, yeah, my time. My time gives me anxiety. Sometimes I even have like little spurts of like when I had a really bad eating disorder and I was just had a really bad body image of myself. Like sometimes I will kind of go back to that and I have to kind of smack myself out of it because that kind of sickness doesn't, it's mental. It's a mental sickness. It's not, I mean, obviously you, you cause physical damage to your body by doing that, but it is all mental and most things are mental, but like sometimes I'll have like a flashback kind of, and I'll have like a bad body image day and be like, Oh, I need to go to the gym right now. Or I need to go walk right now. Or I can't eat this today because of this. Like, it's just, it's kind of a everyday battle with yourself, if, especially if you struggle with anything like that. So I don't know. That's kind of one of the things that I do sometimes struggle with. And that's more so overthinking than it is anxiety. It's just overthinking and being overwhelmed. But that's when like taking care of you and making sure that you're on the right track with yourself comes into play because I smack myself right back and say, okay, why are you thinking like that? That's stupid. You know that that's not the way to do anything. So just eat good today or just go for a nice walk with the dogs. Like you'll feel better. Like it's one of those moments where you just need to coach yourself back to where you belong, like where you're proud of yourself and make sure you're not like kind of letting your mind drift. It's like devil's angels, right? There's always a devil on one shoulder. There's always an angel on one shoulder kind of tugging at you with your thoughts. About a year ago, before I started this social media journey, I was struggling really bad with anxiety. I was more not, I don't want to say I was in a dark place, but I felt very trapped. Like I said before, I wasn't able to use my creativity. Like I just felt like I was being held back and I didn't feel fulfilled. That's that is the word. I did not feel fulfilled at all. I felt like I was just 
walking through life and I'm just doing what society wants me to do. And that was it. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My mom has said ever since I was like little girl, you will never be able to work for someone because you need to be your own boss. Like you, you cannot work on someone else's time because it's true. I can't because I'm, I have so many different things going on in my mind. I want to do so many different things that it's hard for me to just sit in a desk or do one thing. It's just very, very hard for me. And I was really struggling with that. I really was struggling with a lot of anxiety. I was freaking crying all the time because I just felt overwhelmed and I didn't know how to deal with it. I just didn't know how to cure it. And I didn't want to feel like that anymore. And don't even get me started when COVID was full blown and we were trapped in our houses and I, all I did was sit on zoom on the computer. I literally was going insane. I could, it it was horrible. And that's when I think my anxiety kind of started when it had to do with, um, like keeping busy and just like not feeling fulfilled. I feel like that's when I started being like, okay, I can't do, what the hell am I doing? I can't do this. I also wasn't happy with my body image either. Like I just like, weren't able to go outside really. Like, and if you did, it was cold still. Like it just was not a good time for me. And that's when I started really trying to focus on what made me happy and taking care of myself, putting myself first, because that's what's most important. And that's when I started getting more creative and I started drawing more and I got an iPad. I used to do the drawings on my iPad. Like that stuff fulfilled me. Like I would look forward to doing that after work because I knew that that's what made me happy. And that alone just shows that my creativity needs to be used for me to be happy or else this is just not going to work. And this is a time that TikTok started coming out. And I remember going on TikTok, watching all the dances and stuff. And I'd be like, Oh, I want to do this. But then, I mean, like no one really on TikTok yet was like doing skincare and makeup and stuff like that. So I just kind of let it play out. But I always had that thought, maybe I'll start TikTok on makeup. Maybe I'll just TikTok on skincare. Like, it's just funny to look back and see that I was thinking about this stuff before I even decided like, all right, I'm going to do it. And that kind of goes back to something that I've also talked about before was just, you know, feeling judged by some people that were close to me and not feeling like I could do it because I didn't want them to make fun of me. And once I cut those people out, long story short, I gained my confidence back. So this all comes full circle, like anxiety and being overwhelmed all stems from something, but you also don't realize like that people have a huge effect on anxiety and being overwhelmed and feeling not confident. Like people, especially toxic people have a very, very large effect on you when it comes to this. And I feel like it was about a good year that I struggled with this before like acting on it. And that same year, obviously I started just cutting these toxic people out. Relationships started, you know, shifting for me and my everything changed everything changed my anxiety was gone after I removed specific people out of my life and like I don't have anxiety anymore again like I said I just feel overwhelmed but when I did have anxiety it was caused because of these specific people these are the people that made me feel anxious that made me feel judged that made me feel like everything I did I had to kind of walk on eggshells or else we would get in a fight or do this or it all stemmed from that person that was in my life. It's just crazy how it all like aligned together because now I look back and I like glow up central the past year, but it just 
all makes sense to me once it all fell into place. So it's just ironic how when you look back, like everything just comes full circle. But I think this past year was my biggest growing year mentally because I did struggle with a lot of emotions that I had to learn how to deal with and how to manage. So I think that when it comes to feelings of being anxious and overwhelmed, you really need to dig into the reason or the stem of the issue, because if you don't, it's never going to go away. You can numb it with different things, but your feelings are there for a reason and you need to figure out one, where they come from and two, how it's going to get better, whether it's talking about it, whether it's acting on it, whatever it is, it needs to be addressed because if it doesn't, it's just going to go further and further, further down. And then one day it's just all going to come up. And in my opinion, life is way too short to just push those feelings down because one, you never know, you know, you never know if you're ever going to get a tomorrow. So I know that's dark, but it's true. And if you're feeling something and you feel that it does matter, act on it or talk about it because why are you just going to walk around with these feelings inside of you and not address them because it's just making your quality of life worse? And that is the same with people. If people aren't bringing you value in your life, then you need to cut them out because if they're not bringing you value in life, doesn't matter who they are. They could be blood. They could be friends, whatever it is. It does not matter. Life is way too short. And if they're bringing your quality of life down, then it is not worth it. And they are not meant to be in your life. I'm sure you have seen like this generational trauma or toxicity, whatever it is, but that's where that stems from is people just deal with it and deal with these toxic like trends and behavior patterns throughout their family. And they never do anything about it because it's quote family and you see these people just breaking that like they're they're like no i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna and that's when it changes like because those people either don't want their kids in that same situation or they just don't want to deal with it anymore and they are right for doing that and they are so shunned i'm sure in their family for breaking that you know generational freaking pattern and people just see them as the bad person or them deciding to just remove themselves from the family, which it's not the case. It's just that they don't want to maybe repeat those toxic and traumatic behavior patterns with their own family, like with their kids and their husband. It's honestly, it should be looked very highly upon because that's a very brave thing to do. I kind of got a little sidetracked there, but this all just, you know, stems from me talking about where anxiety and feelings of being overwhelmed comes from. It, a lot of people have a huge effect on you and your feelings and how your body responds to things. And I think that it's something that's kind of overlooked. I feel like people think, oh, I have anxiety because of this. I need to take medication. But it's like, no, you really need to look deeper into why you have anxiety, why you're feeling this way. Because a lot of the times it could be things like people or things like how you've been taught to react to situations. It's just a lot deeper than I think people think it is or people look at anxiety and, and nothing against medication. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm, I know anxiety medication has changed people's lives and that's amazing. But I also think that it has to do with a lot of um, self, a self journey as well. Like it has to do with a lot of digging within yourself because no one else knows your feelings, but you, and no one else really can find out the stem 
of anxiety or your feelings other than yourself. And like, for example, for me, I really get overwhelmed more so and upset when I know something is going to happen, but I don't want to admit it. Like, for example, last year, um, when I just had a lot of family issues, I knew specific things were going to end play out that I didn't want to believe were going to play out the way that it did. But there were specific situations where I like I literally wouldn't accept it. So then I would spend days just like super overwhelmed and just have anxiety and just cry all the time. Like I just because I wouldn't it, I wouldn't accept it to myself. Like I wouldn't let my brain accept that it was happening. That it was just making me feel so horrible and overwhelmed and like I was like something was stepping on my chest. It was horrible. But when I finally was like, okay, just accept it. Like stop steering yourself wrong. Like, what are you doing? You're just misleading yourself. Then I didn't struggle like that anymore. I really didn't have those feelings of being so overwhelmed that I literally couldn't eat, sleep. I couldn't do anything. I just would sit there and overthink. So I just feel like I could have prevented myself from feeling that way is what I'm trying to get out here. Like I really could have prevented myself from doing that, but I wasn't mentally mature enough to say, all right, just accept it and get over it. Like we'll deal with this, but right now you need to accept it. So you don't feel this horrible way that you feel. And like my husband, for example, he'd be like, what the hell? Like, how can I help you? But I, again, couldn't admit it to myself and I wouldn't be able to tell him what was wrong or why I was getting anxiety because I mentally wasn't there. So It's hard for other people to be able to help you with these feelings if you're not truthful to yourself on why you are feeling this way. Because he couldn't help me because I couldn't give him an explanation. So this is what I mean when I say nobody knows your feelings more than you do because honestly, you can't even seek the correct help if you don't know why you're feeling a specific way. There's always doctors that can prescribe you medication and always doctors that can tell you to do this and this, but... When it comes to specific things like being overwhelmed, having anxiety, having panic attacks, it all really stems from something that's on your mind or something that's causing you to feel that way. You cannot even properly get help if you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't get the help that I needed from my husband because I couldn't comprehend what was wrong in words because I wouldn't admit it to myself or I wouldn't admit that this was the specific thing that was giving me these feelings. And it's like the same thing with therapy. They say therapy only works if you're truthful. Therapy doesn't work if you lie to the therapist. The therapist is not going to know if you're lying or telling the truth. They don't know your outside life or really what has happened. So you have to be truthful and work on yourself to be able to get to that point in order to get the proper help that you need. But talking about it, helps so much. And that was my next topic-ish about anxiety and what helps me, what helps me feel better. Talking about it helps so much. And some people don't like to talk about it. Some people like, you know, just to do a self-care day or have alone time. But for me, talking about my issues or talking about what's making me feel specific way helps me so much. It's just the way I am. And I feel like it is beneficial to get your feelings out in the open, whether it's your husband or your boyfriend or your friend or your mom, whatever it is. Yeah. I hope that helps anybody who struggles with any of these feelings, because I will tell you right now, I had so many, so many, so many hard times last year where I had 
disgustingly overwhelming thoughts and just couldn't even move out of my bed if I wanted to. So I've been there and I know, but I've, I can say that I've done a lot of self digging and real like self healing with myself. And I feel like I'm in a really, really great place with my emotions now and specifically what has happened to me over the past year. And I just feel like I'm proud of myself now because I know that like I did go through a really, really hard time, but I did the work. I really did the work to try to make myself better and to just make sure that I live my life to the fullest potential and not have anything dragging me down and just know that everything happens for a reason in your life. And it's not just because someone's out to get you. It is meant to happen. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. That felt really good to talk about. And I'm really happy that I got some questions on that topic because I just understand what you're going through. All I can say is put in the work and really just try to understand yourself better and your emotions and that everybody gets anxious. Everybody gets overwhelmed. It is part of being a human being, but we need to be cognitive of ourselves and our emotions and just be smart with how we allow it to play on with our day. Like you can figure out why you have anxiety, have, have, you know, feelings of being overwhelmed and address it and figure out what is the root of the issue and fix it. Because if you let it drag on to your day, it's going to become you and you are going to become the anxiety. And then it's really just going to take over your life. So you need to be more powerful than your thoughts. And that's why I feel like doing the digging and figuring out your triggers is really going to help you kind of beat it. Whew. That was a long segment. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was a good one. Um, so let's move on to the next topic, which is another really amazing one. Um, relationships. I get so many questions about my husband, my marriage, my relationship with him, my non-negotiables, like all that kind of stuff. So I figured why not talk about it? I really liked this question that someone submitted. It was, what is a, what are the three non-negotiables in your relationship? And that is a juicy one and way too long to be a, a question. So we're going to make that a segment and then we can just tie in some relationship topics that I want to talk about in that segment. I think if I had to choose three, there's definitely a few, but if I had to choose three, it'd be loyalty. And I'll get into what I mean by that. Number two, I think would be affection. And three would most definitely be communication. To start with loyalty, this one's going to be more so of like a longer, more broad one because loyalty, I think, can be interpreted in so many different ways. And by the way, I mean it obviously, of course, being faithful to each other. That's loyalty in a nutshell. But I mean more so as that whatever stage or season you are in your life, your partner needs to be loyal to you in that season as well. So there's so many situations where a man will fall in love with a woman and she's, you know, 20 years old and fun and wild, adventurous, whatever it is. And then she hits 25 or 30 or 35 and she wants to start a business and now she's a businesswoman or she's a mother or she wants to change her career or she wants a new job or 
you know, there's just so many different things that happen to you within your life. And I feel like that's where loyalty comes into play is the partner that you choose to spend the rest of your life with or have a relationship with should love you no matter what, should love you no matter what season or what adventure or avenue or journey you want to take next. Because when you get married or when you, you know, are in a relationship, you're one, you need to be one, you need to be a team. And that's what strong marriages at least are, that's their strong suit. They're a team and they're going to grow together. I think growth also falls very largely in the loyalty category. Like when I talk about growth, I mean, you need to grow with your partner. So there's, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of stories where you hear, or even movies, you'll see one person stays in the same position, the other person grows, and now they're not balanced. One is holding the weight or one is pulling down the weight. And I think growing together and making sure that you are staying in the same line as you guys move through on your life is super important. You need to grow with that person. And that stems back with loving and being loyal to that person through any you know, stage in their life. You have to grow with them not apart from them. And that's, I feel like is one of the most important things ever in a relationship is making sure that you're growing together and staying as one, not separating and one person going this way, the other person going that way. You know what I mean? Even when you have kids, when you have kids, um, sometimes parents or one parent will be more loyal to the kids than they are the husband. But before the kids was the husband or the wife. So You just need to make sure you're always loyal to each other and it's you two against the world, you two against whatever it is, your kids or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just always going to be you two. My friend literally was here this weekend and we had just some really good conversations because she's married and I'm married and you know, we're reaching a point where everyone around us is having kids and everyone around us is doing this and we're kind of just living life, <laughs> living it up as married people. And we were talking about this, actually. We were talking about how when we have kids, it's going to be, we, well, we need to make sure that it's going to be us and our husband against our kids, not our kids against our spouse. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm saying this in the correct way, but I'm pretty sure you guys understand what I'm saying. It's just that, um, I don't know, you see it happen a lot and you see it happening to a lot of marriages and people resenting each other for it. So I think it's super important. And I think that, um, loyalty is literally the number one thing in a relationship in every aspect of your relationship, not just being faithful and unfaithful to each other. The second thing that I mentioned was affection. This is a more non-negotiable for me because I'm very loving and affectionate and need to receive it back to feel loved. And I'm not saying that in an insecure way. It's just one of my love languages. I love being touched by the person I love or just being told I am loved. It's just the way that I receive love. Everybody's love languages are different. So I've spoken about this before, about how you need to learn each other's love languages, but this is mine. And by affection, I obviously mean, you know, touching, kissing, whatever it is, but even just like making each other feel important in a way where like we're either doing a date night every weekend or doing things that we love together. Like I just find it very comforting for me and it makes me feel special when we do a date night doesn't have to we don't have to go out we can cook at home just like something just us two every weekend 
is a form of affection for me. Like for example, my husband will come up to me and just randomly like kiss my forehead and it'll make my whole day because that's how I receive love. I just, a kiss, a, you know, anything. It just makes me happy. So I think if I didn't have that in a relationship, I would really struggle with um, overthinking <laughs> in a way of just not knowing what they're thinking or not knowing if I've made them mad or something. Like it's just, that's just how my brain works. So that's definitely a non-negotiable for me. And number three is a very, very important one, which is communication. I think it's, if not the most important one in a relationship, I think that being able to communicate with each other and being able to share your feelings slash what makes you upset, slash what makes you happy, anything. I think it is so important to be able to communicate with each other. And if you feel like you can't communicate with your partner, then it's, you know, lies a larger issue because in a relationship, you should be able to talk about anything and they should be your closest person for comfort, for advice, for anything. So I think that this is very, very important. My husband and I, we started dating young. We were 18. And I think looking back now, I value our communication so much because when we were young, we weren't mentally mature enough to have proper communication. Not saying that we had horrible communication or bad communication really ever, but we were long distance for a while. And I think that we could have had better communication in a way. If you're long distance, you know that this is the truest thing ever. You guys literally will fight because you miss each other. And I think that we would do that we would get upset with each other because we missed each other or we just felt like we were like missing out on what the the other person was doing and we would get upset. And I think that if we had better communication, we probably would have avoided some of those situations. But what I'm getting at is looking back at when we were younger and looking at our communication now, it's I value it so much because we talk about everything and we never feel like we can't talk about anything with each other. And I feel like that's very important because if you hold a grudge in your relationship, it can cause resentment and that is not good. We really just talk about everything and I can always tell him when I'm feeling a specific way or talk to him about anything that I'm feeling, even if it's not related to him. And I just feel like it's very special to me because he is not only my husband, he is my best friend as well. So it's very important to have that communication where you feel comfortable with talking with your partner, no matter what the feelings are, no matter anger, no matter sadness, no matter anything, you should be able to just talk to each other. Yeah. Number one and number three are definitely the most important. I think number one is more so broader because I think a lot more stems into it, but I do think communication is the bones to a healthy and loving relationship because if you don't have communication, then you really don't just understand each other and that's just going to cause issues down the line. And I do think that proper communication comes from maturity and working on yourself as well. So I do think that I needed to add that in there because I feel like immature men and immature women do not have proper communication skills due to ego and just thinking that you know everything. And it does get better with maturity, but I do think that communication also kind of like levels up and gets better as you have more experiences with each other and just work on yourselves and talk it out. But yeah, those I would say are my three non-negotiables. I'm sure there's many other things that I could tell you 
that I value slash would want in a relationship, but I think those are the three most important ones to me. Okay, let's get into some questions. Um, Sorry, this is a little longer than our typical episodes, but I think that we went over some amazing topics with a lot of valuable information. So the first question that I saw, which is funny because I actually wanted to talk about this, is do you use an eyelash serum? Your eyelashes look amazing. So I used Grande Lash for quite a bit. Before that, I used Revitalash. And they made my eyelashes super long, but I did get a lot of styes and like painful styes. But I stopped using a eyelash serum about four months ago and my eyelashes have never been healthier and longer in my life. I swear. So I'm not sure (laughs) what's going on with that, but I also noticed that my like, um, eyeliner, like where my eyeliner would go. What is it called? My eyelid line, whatever my water line or wherever you would put the serum. It was dark. Like it got like darker. And a lot of people were asking me, Oh, what eyeliner are you using? And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have eyeliner on. It's from the lash serum. So it like kind of like added, um, like hyperpigmentation to my eyes, which I found really weird. And I, once I went off of it, it's completely gone now. So I don't know. I, I might be anti-lash serum now because my eyelashes look amazing. So I'll get back to you on that one, but I don't use an eyelash serum. Um, I stopped and my eyelashes have never looked better. Another question I got was, what do you think are tips to a healthy and lasting marriage or relationship? And we just talked about that a little bit, non-negotiables, but I think just loving each other with everything you have and making sure that that person feels important and respected are the healthiest or most valuable tips that you could get. A lot of relationship questions. Did your boyfriend make the relationship serious in the beginning or did you ask for commitment? No. Um, we both made it pretty serious from the beginning and thank God for that. But we started dating from the moment we met and we never ever broke up. So I think that we both took it very seriously from the beginning, which I'm glad, but we were both in a point of our life where we kind of needed that slash it was definitely fate. So yeah, I didn't have to ask for it. Thank God. (laughs) Another one. What nationality are you slash ethnicity? Um, I'm mostly Brazilian and Russian. I'm a mix of a couple other things, but yeah, we don't really know, but I'm mostly Brazilian and Russian. My mom is straight from Brazil and my dad's family is from Russia. So pretty interesting mix. (laughs) The next question is, can you talk about affordable clothing? I love your closet. So I do obviously love fashion and I take um, pride (laughs) in my closet, but I do shop around everywhere. I have some expensive pieces. I have some cheaper pieces from, you know, like Zara or Aritzia, which is not that cheap, but I do kind of shop around everywhere and I do want to mention, I know fast fashion is not good for the earth. I know it's not, but I love Zara. I get a lot of my clothes from Zara. I really, really, really love them. And honestly, I've been getting a lot of my new clothes from Abercrombie because Abercrombie is amazing. The rebranding that they did, amazing. But I do shop around everywhere. I love Revolve. Um, I love Aritzia. Honestly, sometimes I can find some really good pieces on Amazon. So it just depends. The next question is advice for someone who wants to be a makeup artist. So I'm not a makeup artist, but I would say 
if you do want to become a makeup artist, I think um, social media would be a really great avenue for clientele. And I think just growing your business and connecting with other individuals, maybe like partnering with some hairstylists in the area that have good clientele or working under somebody, I think it would be good. But any job or anything that you want to do is really what you make of it. So in connections and networking with people is so, so important. The next question is Botox slash filler. What do you, what to get and how to ask? So if you find the right injector that's knowledgeable and is honest with you, they will tell you what they think you should get. It depends on what you're looking to do, but the most common places to get Botox is your forehead in between your eyes and around your eyes, which is called the crow's feet. Um, but there's so many other places that you can get Botox. And then for filler, it really just depends on what you're looking to get. So my advice would be go to a knowledgeable, do your research first of all, but go to a knowledgeable and honest injector and look at their before and after pictures. Because if the people that they're injecting don't look like what you want to end up looking like, I wouldn't go to them. So just do your research. How to repair your skin and acne. So the first step to repairing anybody's skin, no matter if it's acne or dry, and it's repairing your skin barrier. So you want to make sure that your skin barrier is healthy and hydrated because if it's not, then it's going to be a lot harder to tackle the problem areas of your skin. And I think that is um, a very controversial part of skincare because I feel like when people have acne, they're like, okay, I don't have to use moisturizer or I don't want to use moisturizer because I, my skin's super oily. Like it just is not how it works. Everybody's skin needs hydration and to properly fix acne or to properly fix any problem on your skin, your skin needs to be healthy enough to be able to do that for you. So make sure that you are adding a lot of healthy fats to either your diet slash your face. A lot of products you'll see have healthy fats, especially um, moisturizers. And I feel like um, the skin barrier is literally the most important thing to address before addressing any other problem on your skin. A skin barrier that is not healthy is going to cause redness, dryness, acne. It's going to do, it's just going to be worse for you if you don't tackle that first. This is a good question. If there's one product you recommend us using on the same night as tretinoin night, what would it be? So a lot of dermatologists, when they prescribe tretinoin, will say, use it on dry skin and you don't even have to use a moisturizer after. And I think this is so wrong because just tretinoin on your skin or just retinol on your skin is very drying and it's very strong. So what I like to do is using it in a sandwich method is what we call it. And it's adding a hydrating product before tretinoin, letting it dry, then adding tretinoin, letting it dry, and then adding a hydrating moisturizer or a repairing moisturizer. I think that is the best way to use tretinoin because, first of all, you're not like burning your skin and it's not too, not going to be too much. So if I were to recommend a product that you would use on the same night as tretinoin, it would be a hydrating serum like a hyaluronic acid, a B5 serum, snail mucin, and I would use that on damp skin after you cleanse and tone. And then I'd go in with my tretinoin once that's dry. And then after tretinoin, you go in with your moisturizer. I think that is the best way to use any tretinoin or retinol because it's really going to keep your skin barrier still protected and healthy and give you the results of tretinoin. 
Really, the only time you would ever have to use tretinoin on dry skin would be if you have very severe acne. But even then, I still feel like it's way too much for your skin. Okay, one more. We went over a lot of questions today. Usually, I only go over like three or four. (laughs) But um, this is a good one. What products to splurge on slash ones that are not worth it? So this is kind of tricky because... Like I've said before, a product that works on me may not work on you and a product that I don't like you may love. So this is a hard one, but I will say some of the most amazing products that I've ever used are from the Phyto line of SkinCeuticals. Um, They make this Phyto A plus brightening treatment. It's a gel-based moisturizer. And if you're an oily skin girl like me, it's worth it. It's like a hundred something dollars. It is so worth it. Along with the CE for Lewick vitamin C from SkinCeuticals. It is the best vitamin C. It's won awards. It is absolutely amazing. I've tried so many vitamin Cs and I feel like that would be the number one product that I would splurge on again and again and again and again. It's that good. So if I were to pick one product or two products, it would be the vitamin C from SkinCeuticals and something from the Phyto line. Honestly, I've heard this new Phyto mist is amazing. I just purchased one. I'm going to try it out tomorrow, but it is a soothing mist because facial mists are in now, but this phyto mist, it takes away any redness, any irritation, anything like that. It's kind of like the tower 28 spray that everybody's been trying out, which I am also very fond of. So I'm excited to try them out and see which one I like better. But yeah, wow. That was such a great episode. We went over so many amazing things. We had some great questions and I think the topics uh, were really deep and very knowledgeable today. So I'm so happy about that. And I hope that you guys love this episode. Always, always thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. Again, the feedback that you guys have been giving is so amazing and I appreciate it like from the bottom of my heart. It makes me so happy. And yeah, just keep sharing the podcast. Keep telling your friends about it because the more questions we have, the better it can get. And I think that we are like on such a good roll. I got the ratings back and guys, we're number 12 in the entire country for beauty and fashion podcasts. So round of applause. That is so exciting. (laughs) I don't get there without you. So thank you so much. I love you guys so much and I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you have the best week ever and we'll talk soon. Bye.